Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Well, I, I mentioned this last week in the message, and it bears repeating today, that in the chrono, chron, chronology of Jesus' life and ministry, the time frame that we're going to be looking at today in Luke is a very important point because it's a major turning point for Jesus and his disciples. You know, from the very beginning, as we entered into the Gospel of Luke, we have seen Luke focus, first of all, on his arrival, his birth, his development into adulthood, and then his ministry, and even the success that he had uh, in ministering. It's kind of like, uh, as I think about Luke's progression, it's kind of like a roller coaster. How many of you have ridden on a roller coaster? You know, you get on and you have that kind of steady, slow climb that's heading up to a peak. Well, from the beginning of Luke until chapter 9, verse 51, that's kind of what we're doing. We're just kind of in this, this ever-increasing uh, movement up, 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 up as he develops, as he does ministry, as he's very successful in all of that. But when we come to the transfiguration, it's kind of like we reach the apex of that, that climb, and from that point forward, then, it's downhill. We're, we've gone over the top, and just like a roller coaster, it goes over that now, and it's heading, and it's all going back to the station again. For Jesus, after the transfiguration, it's downhill all the way to Jerusalem. And so, from this point forward, that's what we're seeing. We're seeing Jesus' focus change from the masses to just a few, equipping them for the ministry and the mission that they would carry forward once he was gone. And most importantly now, we will see Jesus really focus and hone in on the, the specific work he came to do, and that is the work of the cross. Last week, we saw him teaching his disciples about greatness through humility, and today's lesson is about mercy. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 56 is our text. Let's take a look at it together. It says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Imagine that. But he turned and rebuked them, and they went on another way. So let's move on as we look at verse 51. And as we come to verse 51 of this passage, I want us to take note of this truth point. If you came in this morning and got a note guide, this is where we begin to fill in the blank. Truth point number one says this, that the words... When the days drew near for him to be taken up, the words are not simply a statement of fact, as in, this is what happened, but those words, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, are a statement of predetermined planning. That's what they mean. They are about a predetermined plan that is unfolding exactly as it was determined to be. In other words, what I'm trying to communicate here is that that sentence cues us in on the fact that God in his omniscient 
wisdom, and foreknowledge, had set a specific date for Jesus to to arrive in Jerusalem and from that point then to become the sacrifice for sin. And so uh, the days were drawing near to the date that God had set. And so we find now Jesus turning his attention and determining that he's going to get there and he's going to be there exactly when God had determined. Now I want to show you another passage of Scripture that, that demonstrates for us how that God does this. How that he predetermines and sets dates and, and, and determines how things will be before uh, even the world began. Uh, if we would look in um, Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 23, we find Peter, one of the uh, disciples, one of the apostles who was with Jesus from the beginning, preaching a message in the city of Jerusalem. And this is after Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead and was ascended. And here's what he said. Listen carefully. Take note of it on the screen. He said, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know, this Jesus was delivered up according to the notice, the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. This Jesus who was delivered up by the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. One of the things that I want to make sure is just clear for us in this room this morning is that Jesus was not just a guy who got caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time and it's a tragedy that he went to the cross. No, my friends, listen, the Bible is very clear that Jesus came into this world for the very purpose of going to the cross. He came because that was God's predetermined plan, not only for him, but for humanity in general. And so we find that God sees down the corridors of history and he makes predetermined places that things are going to happen. And that's what we find Jesus at, at this juncture in the Gospel of Luke. His days for going to Jerusalem for that very purpose are coming up and he sets his face to go in that direction. Now, beyond that, I want to make another point for us here this morning because I think it's very important that we grasp this. You know, we live in a world right now, do we not, that is filled with chaos. We live in a world and in a nation where it just seems like the wheels are coming off and many of us are just going, wow, what's going on? Are we going to be able to survive? Am I going to get to retirement age? I'm not quite sure. Some of you are already there. Some of you are already eating up my social security, but I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. No, I'm just kidding. You deserve what you're getting, okay? You put in, you're getting out. But the point is, is that we look and we just see things just falling apart and we wonder, What is going on? Well, I want you to catch this because I find this to be so comforting. And that is that no matter how chaotic things may look, no matter how hopeless they may appear, we need to remember that God, Yahweh, is in control. We may feel out of control. Our government may look out of control. The entire world may look like it's out of control. But I'm here today to assure you that God is in control. I'm here today to assure you that his hand is on the wheel. I'm here to assure you that we can rest in him. I can't rest even in myself, but I can rest in him because I know that he knows what he is doing. And so pertaining to Jesus 
At this juncture of his time on earth, we discover that the days for his crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension are on the horizon, and he resolutely determines to set his face toward Jerusalem to begin his journey to the cross. Now, as we move on to verses 52 and 53, we find that between Jesus and Jerusalem stands the land of Samaria. And at this juncture, Jesus has more than just 12 disciples who are following him. He has quite an entourage. And so we find that he selects a couple of his followers to go ahead of them Uh, and to enter into Samaria for the purpose of securing some appropriate accommodations for them to find a time of rest in their journey. Now, as we come to this issue of Samaria and the Samaritans, I think we should note that Samaria was a place of heightened racial sensitivity. It was a heightened sense of a a, a heightened racial sensitivity, especially when it came to the Jews. Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory on this this morning because it all fits in helping us to ultimately come to the place where we understand how this applies to us. The reason there was such tension between the Samaritans and the Jews started centuries earlier when the Assyrians came into uh, Israel and conquered the 10 northern tribes. You know, there came this point in which those 12 tribes of Israel separated. 10 of them became, kept the name Israel, and two took the name of uh, Judah. And, and so um, the 10 northern tribes were conquered by the Assyrians, and the majority of the Jews were deported out of the land uh, toward Babylon. The Jews that were left behind then eventually intermarried with their captors. And, of course, they established families, and from those families came children. And those children then were born biracial. They were part Jew, and they were part Gentile. And these people who were born to these marriages became known as the Samaritans simply because of the land in which they lived. It was known as Samaria. Now, when the Assyrians came in and intermarried with these Jews, uh, not only did they do that, but they brought their pagan, idolatrous religion into those families as well. And that created within those families a certain syncretistic view or a certain syncretistic form of worship. You say, Pastor Mike, what does that word that you're having a hard time even saying, syncretistic, what does that mean? Well, it simply means the blending together of things that don't naturally go together. And so the worship of Yahweh from a Jewish perspective and the worship of all these idols from the pagans' perspective, they don't go together. But they found a way to kind of mishmash it all together and they created this crazy form of religion that is, would be called today syncretistic. And this led those Jewish people to move away from Yahweh. So no matter what parts of their old religion they kept, they were no longer truly worshiping the God of heaven and earth. Now, eventually, over time, uh, the Samaritans abandoned their syncretistic uh, form of religion and determined that they would return to the worship of Yahweh and Yahweh alone. 
But when they made that determination, they did so um, on their own terms. Let me explain. Basically, when they came back to the worship of Yahweh alone, um, they rejected what we now call the Old Testament Scripture. They said that, that all those extra writings, those aren't Scripture. The only thing that we're going to accept is the first five books of the Old Testament, which is known as the Pentateuch. And so they were willing to accept those five books as Scripture, but the rest they cast off to the side. Secondly, they refused to recognize Jerusalem as the prescribed place of worship. And they chose their own place on Mount Gerizim as the place that they would worship. And I want to now explain to you how they got to that place of choosing Mount Gerizim as their place of worship. It seems that when the Jewish exiles eventually began to come back into the land... Uh, they determined that they would rebuild the temple in Jerusalem once again because it had been destroyed. And the Samaritans actually reached out to those Jews and said, we'd like to come over and help you rebuild the temple. But the Jews who were there in Jerusalem working on the temple, they said, no, we don't want anything to do with you. You're not pure blood Jew anymore. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.